I have a top list of ways to promote your podcast on the show today. Welcome to the Speaker Live Show. This is episode 153 for uh, April 25th, 2018. Thank you so much for <coughs> checking us out today. And uh, and you just heard our co-host in the background here, but I will introduce him in a minute. I thought it was minute. on you. Sorry. <laughs> uh, my name is Rob Greenlee, and I'm the head of partnerships at Voxness Speaker and Blog Talk Radio. Thanks for downloading us and uh, clicking play to check us out uh, wherever we are out there on the internets. In those tubes, as they is commonly said, I, I think an Alaska senator said that we are living in a world of tubes now. Um, but I'm joined by my co-host, Alex Exum, who's the host of the Exum Experience podcast on Spreaker. And uh, he's uh, he's all into the tubes. Aren't you, Alex? <laughs> I'm still laughing over here. I've never made that faux pas. Sorry about that, folks. I literally <laughs> coughed right into the microphone. I thought it was on mute, Rob, because I was going – forget it. I was going back and forth into mute. How are you today, Rob? I'm doing just hunky-dory I'm in the tubes, as you said. That's right. It's You're tubular. in the tubes. It's, it's not in the dumps. Day. Not in the dumps. We're in the tubes. So we're – You can edit that out, by the way. I don't think people want to hear me clearing my throat right before I speak. <laughs> Oh, man. I've done that before, too. It's like you kind of get talking, and it's like you get a little cotton mouth or whatever, and it's like, yeah, you can't get the words out. And that's really bad if you're doing a podcast. So, Well, you know anyway. it's coming, so you try to clear it before you actually get on the mic and speak. But I, yeah. I It always comes back, though. It, like, it's it like, does. Yeah, you can't so I always away. have something to drink. It's always good to have a little something right. to drink. That's right. Yeah. It's always good to have a glass of water next, next door to you and – Try not to smack your lips and <laughs> make too much of a noise out of it. I know. Some water bottles, you have to be careful. They actually have this glug, 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 glug sound to them. So <laughs> it's probably not good to have on the microphone. <laughs> so, a glass of water. Right? Yes. A glass of water is the preferably on like your mouse pad. You want to put it on your mouse pad so it doesn't go clank on the on the desk. So anyway, we've we've kind of gone down that rabbit hole a little bit too far, haven't we? <laughs> We stream this show live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern from SpreakerLiveShow.com. And you can also get us on the smart speakers out there, um, the Amazon Echo devices. I won't say her name because she will bite me because Spreaker has a skill. So Spreaker has a skill. It gives you access to all of the content that's on the Spreaker platform right there on those uh, those little smart speakers that are becoming so important in so many people's lives. Spreaker Live Show also has their own apps on Android and iOS, so you can go over to the App Store. We're available on iOS, uh, on the Apple Podcast area, in iTunes, all those places. So, you know, pick your favorite spot and uh, you'll find us there. So, anyway, um, in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be on the road um, going to conferences. Like I've, said, I've been saying over the last few weeks of episodes, this is podcast conference season and and I'm going to be down at the Worldwide Radio Summit in L.A. on May um, May 2nd and 3rd. And that's kind of like a group of uh, radio broadcasting folks. I'm down there on a, on a panel that I think I talked about it last week's ep episode. But uh, it's going in the lion's den, Alex, with the radio industry. Those, my favorite people, the radio people. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It'll be interesting conversation, that's for sure. I'm going to, I'm going to stir the pot down there a little bit, Alex. So... That's my job. 
that's, that's why they had me come down there is to is to rattle their cage a little bit of their self confidence and w- what they have in the radio business today. So, and then Good. also going to be up at Pod Summit uh, up in the Canadian uh, Central Canada on podsummit.com if you want to check it out. That's on May 5th. So I'm going to be a ping pong bouncing between conferences and cities uh, for those three days. <laughs> It'll be fun. Yeah, it will be. And I also wanted to mention uh, mid-rolls are now available on Spreaker. So get them while they're hot. If you want to add advertising to your show and make a little bit of money on your show, um, go over to the Spreaker CMS for your show if you're a Spreaker host and go ahead and drop a couple of mid-roll insertions in your uh, in, in your podcast. So uh, this is something that we've been waiting for for a long time to add to the platform. And now it's here and lots of people have been asking to have a way to have these insertions in their shows and make a little money of it and not have to have a pre-roll. So um, that's... I would just have multiple mid-rolls is what I would have, depending on how long your, your episode is. Alex, any, any thoughts on that yourself, Alex? Yeah, I'm only running mid-rolls. And I, I, does it, I don't know how many, I think, doesn't it just do it automatically? I don't think I went in there and did it manually, right? Because you can put points. So if yeah, you just do it automatically, yeah, does into, it just kind of go halfway? Or Yeah, you go into each of the episodes and you set insertion points. So... Because, I mean, oftentimes if you think about, like, this episode, I'm going to go in and, and, and set up one uh, for this show. Um, those insertion points can vary a little bit from episode to episode, depending on how long your your preamble is at the beginning of your show or whatever, and those spots can move around. So you want to go into each of the episodes and um, get those set up. So, so but now, okay, but... Yeah. Does it automatically do it? Like, is it so because I enabled it, I thought so. Do, but do I have to actually go back in each one now and set a point for each show, or did it correct? Put correct. Yeah, because prayer? you don't want it to just randomly drop into your show, and because it doesn't work that way anyway. Because uh, you don't want to drop in and add, you know, right in between you saying two. Listen, two so words. what the hell am I doing here? So I didn't set it up correctly. Hold on. Last week I did this after we talked about it, and then I didn't do it right then. Probably not because it probably it probably is. Why am I hosting the show? Who am I? What? What? what am I qualified? <laughs> Hold on here. <laughs> Jesus, just, I just, I just a small little up. detail, Alex. Just a small <laughs> little detail. No, you're right. But I, sh- I mean, I'm just saying. Okay, let me go. I'm going in there now. I thought I had it all set up. Sorry, folks. I, I'm glad I asked. I'm glad uh, you mentioned Well, I'm that. glad I said something. Jeez. Jeez. Okay. <laughs> Okay, cool. So um, I'm not going to waste your time. Go ahead, Rob. Sorry, but I'm checking now as we speak. It's not wasting your time. I'm sure there's plenty of others that have experienced the the same faux pas. So yeah, because it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. You just go back in and you just move that little pointer around and set where you want to put it in there. Preferably in between thoughts, not in the middle of thoughts, but somewhere like in a transition zone or maybe you, when you record your show, you purposely do something like stop talking for a second. And then that's your insertion point. Right. Well, right. What an idea. So I'm yes. A good. No, good. A cliffhanger. Got it. But I'm here now and I'm, and I'm still a little confused because I thought, and it says mid rolls. Okay, fine. Insert ad. So I have to scroll and then find that point. I thought it already did this, Rob. So I'm glad we said this. Okay. Very All good. Right. But now here's the problem. I, I can't do it 
Let me just go back and check before I shoot my mouth off. I can't do it in a batch. I have to go into each one. Yes. Sorry. We talked about this before. Right. And and that's where I think I maybe stopped, if I remember correctly. Well, I mean, it's for a a pretty pretty good reason. I mean, unless you're really diligent about, and I don't even think the software even supports it right now, just because most people aren't diligent about being exact on when there's a um, opportunity for an insertion, if you know what I'm saying. Right, right. I mean, unless you're producing it like a radio show and you're down to the second, um, of knowing when your brakes are, you know, that kind of stuff, or when there's an opportunity to insert it, right? Because you don't want to insert this mid-sentence, right, ideally. Right, but you just gave me a great idea. I'm glad we're thinking this through now. I know we got other stuff to talk about, but let me just hear me out. Okay. So when recording a podcast now, at least in my instance, and probably a lot of the listeners out there, they're going to want to choose, and I don't care where it is. I don't care if it's five minutes, ten minutes. Who knows how long your show is going to be? I do shows that are six minutes. Some are 60 minutes. But let's just say, for example, you say at least most of my shows, and you do an average, or at least 30 minutes. So you say 10 minutes into the show, I'm going to run an ad. So now, thinking this way, I can just go, all right, I know at the 10-minute mark, after the intro, after I shoot my my uh um, monologue, opening monologue at them, start getting into the topic. That gives me just enough time, right, to bounce into the topic and then dip out for this break. And I know it like 10 minutes or whatever you pick, 15, whatever's good for you. Yeah. So knowing that you can actually record your show and it doesn't have to be a big deal. You just put a break in when you know, not even a break, but you know, you're going to break. Yeah. And then you can drag the finder there every time at the 10 minute mark, instead of listening to the entire episode, going back over all your shows and just maybe going forward with shows. I mean, if you do four or five shows a week, like I do sometimes, it won't be quick before you have enough shows that are going to have ads in them. So anyway, I'm glad we talked about this because this is important. I mean, if you're recording shows and you don't know where you're going to drop it, you don't want to go back and have to listen to the whole episode to look for an opportune time to put it in. Yeah, correct. I mean, that's why it's best to kind of, you know, while you're recording it, kind of mentally make a note that, um, I stopped like talking or I made some sort of transition that, that like that this show is brought to you by, you know, but the danger of that is, is not every episode is going to have an insertion in it. So, um, that's why I kind of caution a little bit against that. Wait a uh, second. What do you mean? Well, not every episode is going to have an ad in it. It's only going to have advertising when there's an active campaign running. So that may turn off and on like a light switch. So not all of your episodes are going to have at any given time a audio insertion or an ad. How do you know if a campaign is running on your show? Well, that's what happens kind of at the at the programmatic level. So an advertiser will come in and buy a campaign across um, a genre, basically, or a topic area genre, and they will say, I'm – I want to purchase a million insertions or or a million impressions is probably how it's being sold. And once that million impressions is completed, then that campaign is closed out. So and then another campaign would come in from an advertiser that would have a similar scenario. So uh, once that finishes up, then 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 there's another advertiser that would come in. And run a campaign, and there can be maybe a day or two gap between those campaigns, so or it could be a few hours. It just depends on when the campaign was actually activated. 
So this um, is getting complicated, man. Yeah. I mean, I just thought it, it was just going to drop an ad in at a certain point and I wouldn't have to worry about it. Well, it is. It. I mean, it is. And that's that's why you need to have like a, a, a point in your show where it kind of fits, right? I mean, if that ad is right, but running, I'm just thinking that's why out loud. I say kind of, kind of like finish your thought, right, on a topic and then pause for a minute. And then, and then you go in and you set that assertion point at 12 minutes and 45 seconds. Right. But what I'm saying saying is, yeah, right. I'm just thinking as a, as a broadcaster, I don't, I maybe don't want to say, and now a word from our sponsor. I don't want to say that because it might, something might not come in. Exactly. I might just want to leave a, a pause just where, or at least wrap up my thought. So I'm not, I don't leave them hanging mid sentence. Right. Okay. Correct. So, well, that's a, that's a workaround. So in other words, we should just prepare for the ad at that point if it runs, which it most likely will, hopefully. But if it doesn't, it doesn't really jar the listener. You go, and now a word from our sponsor. Well, you know, there are a lot of kind of like radio shows I know uh, or even TV shows that have been repurposed for for podcasting that will have like – you know, a break and there'll be like transition music out. And then, and immediately it comes right back. You know, there was no commercial break, but it's just a transition, right. That, that actually happens in the audio. So you could do that. I mean, there doesn't have to be kind of like this formal exit where you're saying, well, we're brought to you by this. And then you go into the, the ad spot. You you definitely don't want to do that because then you're, you're basically setting up a, an expectation and then there's nothing there and it's just kind of a weird thing. It's it's better to have it be kind of like transitional between segments of your program, right? Or topics where you have a clean break. Like from when we go from talking about um you know the the show like where the show's heard, like in this episode, like I would probably put it put an insertion between when I talk about you know we stream this show live every Wednesday at three pm Pacific, and I talk about the Amazon speakers and I talk about the apps and then and then maybe I talk about where I'm gonna be at conferences, and then right after that, um maybe there's a transition before we get into talking about what well what's on the show this week. That kind of thing. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. No, it makes sense. I just wanted to make sure I was clear on that because now I know a lot more than I did before. I thought I had them already running. I got to go back in there and uh, start popping them in with my new episodes. I'm not, I just don't, I honestly, okay. I don't think most people have the stamina to go through their entire archives, but maybe the last couple, like, you know, because most people don't go through your whole archives. They might go through the last five or 10 shows that are on your page. You know what I mean? So, uh, well, it maybe depends those. on what your, um, how many listeners that you're picking up across your archives? I mean, certainly some content areas or some mm-hmm. genres of content don't get um, listens beyond like maybe the first four weeks or whatever um, that they're published. Yeah, other, that's kind of other yeah. shows are evergreen content. They get listened to significantly over a long period of time, and you know this this particular show, the Speaker Life Show gets ongoing listeners um, outside of the most recent episode because we're very topic-focused, right? So we post in there, well, we're going to talk about how to promote your podcast, right? So that's kind of evergreen content. That's available. That has value to someone listening over a long period of time. So running an advertisement in that show actually can bring some results for you because you're you're continuing to bring in audience um, and monetizing. So... Right. But if you're talking about like like the 
you know, politics or the breaking news or something like that, that kind of expires within a day or two and people are on to something else, um, then, then it's probably not as good of a opportunity. So I would put it in just the more recent shows. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. So I hope that answers everybody's questions. Certainly send me an email if you have more questions about it, if you need more clarification on how this process works and I'll, I'll keep covering it in the episodes um, coming up here too, because it's an important kind of evolution for the platform. Um, You know, mid rolls are the future of advertising in podcasts Um, that along with host reads and what's happening there is host reads are becoming um, the type of advertisement that more and more um, companies are utilizing in dynamic insertion. So those worlds are colliding and we will get there eventually. Right. Does that sound like good stuff or better stuff? Yeah, or yeah you... I know. I, I think this whole thing is kind of, you know, evolving, <laughs> I guess is the right word. It is, and we're trying and to. We're I learning mean, as users, yeah. and, 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 you know, I know Spreaker's trying to, you know, roll the tools out. It, it, it's, you know, it's it's what we've been clamoring for. I know a lot of Spreaker users wanted the ability to monetize, and now we have it. But it's still tricky, you know. I mean, it, you get you gotta, yeah. yeah. It's still a tricky process, and it's not. You gotta kind of work at it, you know. You can't just say, "Oh, well, I'm just gonna run ads," and that and that's it, you know. As we're finding out, so. Well, I anyway. mean, it's once it's set up, though, <clears throat> it's pretty easy to maintain. So you know, I, yeah, I get it. Yeah. I get it. I, I but you know, I, I'm sure we talked about this before, and here I am still thinking I was running ads already because I went and flip the switch and I didn't do the whole thing. And I know well, we've talked about this with the pre-rolls and the post-rolls. You can just check right, the box right, and th- that'll right. happen. Right. Because th- those I did are have inserted those... in the same spots. Yeah. And I did have those running for a while. I, and I actually don't remind, I don't really even mind the, uh, uh, the post-rolls, the pre-roll that I always had an issue with. So anyway. Yeah. I, I mean, it's something that's a little different and that's, that, that's why I'm, I'm spending so much time trying to talk about it, communicate it because it is, Working with mid rolls is is a different animal than doing pre and yeah, post rolls. It really is. It's yeah. a completely different engagement with the podcaster. They have to think about it more. They they have to um, get in and set those insertion points. And we are in the next uh, major uh, update to this. We're going to have the ability to set default placements for mid rolls. Um, but that's going to shift some responsibility over to the content provider or the content creator to know when those those automatic insertion points are and cater to it, right? Yeah, like a show clock, like a radio show clock, yeah. which is, I, I think, the the only way you can really do it. I mean, there's there's a reason they've been using that system for well, it can 70, be, 80 years. Yeah, it can be tricky, though, because yeah. I, if you edit your show, um, hitting those those marks precisely can be a challenge. So, I mean, you can go into it with... The idea that you're going to have a commercial break at the 10-minute mark of your show, let's say. But let's say you're recording the show, and you get to the 10-minute mark, and okay, that's great. You pause, but then you go in later, and you edit the episode, and you make it shorter. Then guess Mm. what? That 10-minute break spot moves, right? So Yeah, I didn't think about that. You're right. Maybe have a show clock in Spreaker. Get the developers on that, Rob. We need a a show clock in Spreaker and also a dump button. Remember, I want my dump button for for calls. So in some ways, what would be ideal would be some way to set that insertion point while you're producing the show. So like in the 
the Spreaker Studio, there, there could be a button. And this is right. I'm, I'm probably going to propose to the team is that we we link up um, like it's a button in the Spreaker Studio software that you push the button um, when you're you're about to do your your break right for your dynamic insertion, and that'll put a little marker in there. Um, and, and that can vary from episode to episode and that will just pass to the, the, um, service and, and you won't have to go in and do that later. You can do it right while you're producing the show. That'd Um, be awesome. That would be huge. Yeah. I mean, if that's possible, uh, I need to talk to, to the developers to see if we can do that. But I think that would, that would alleviate some of these issues, um, on synchronization and that are going to come up. But anyway, we spent a lot of time talking about this. Jeez, yeah, sorry. This yeah. must be a, an important topic. We should, yeah, we should probably do another show about it, but <laughs> yeah, not this exactly, entire show. we got a lot exactly. to do. All right, well, let's, let's move in and talk about how to promote your podcast. And I think this is something that cuts to the heart of uh, every podcaster's desires, wishes, and dreams, uh, is to figure out how to grow their show, right? Um, this is something that is very core to podcasters perception of themselves and their aspirations for success. So let's, let's kind of run through some ideas that have been proposed out there. And I think everybody has probably had some good and bad experiences with some of these things. And maybe this is not a complete list. Maybe, Maybe there are things that you've done in your podcast that, uh, um, maybe really worked and we would love to hear about them. So, and then we can share them with others unless they're proprietary top secret tricks that you don't want anybody else to know about. But, you know, you can send me a message and I won't tell anybody. It's okay. I will. <laughs> you will. Okay. No, I mean, I'm being r- r- real serious here. I think we need to grow overall audience for podcasting. And I think a lot of these techniques, um, you are with your podcast, you're part of the, the greater good. You're part of the great, greater solution. I just knocked over one of my other microphones. I heard um, it. Yeah, I'm sure you did. Um, you know, we need to come up with strategies on how we can grow shows um, and grow the audience for shows uh, and share that amongst the whole community to get um, more shows building audience. And that will grow the overall uh, podcasting space, too, because then we're reaching new listeners that can come in and um, not just listen to your show, but listen to, you know, five or six other shows, which will help other people as well. So um, this concept of uh, build it or record it in this case and distribute it and they will come is not something that's uh, that is quite as true anymore. I think when podcasting first started, I, I think there was a little bit of that, but there was also in those days, there weren't a lot of people listening. So now we have, Tens of millions of people listening or a hundred million people, something, I don't, you know, a huge number of people that are listening to podcasts today. And, um, but we also have a huge amount of shows out there today. We've got probably 225,000 to 250,000 active shows that are, um, out there globally in the podcasting realm right now. There's been, I guess, since the beginning of time, Alex, there's been about 500,000 podcasts that have ever been created that are still available in like the Apple iTunes. Um, I think I would chart. think there's more than that. I mean, that's a lot, but I think there'd be even more. Well, there probably was more, but, but you know, there's a regular kind of um, falling off of shows that um, get take, taken down. So 
this is probably if you go back to 2004 and you add up all the shows that were probably ever created in the podcasting space over the last 14 years. Um, my guess is probably pushing a million probably is my guess. Yeah. Okay. All right. Of, of which probably half of those, um, are still available in one form or another, um, of which half of that is being actively updated. So if that kind of gives you the big picture of what's happening in the medium, it's like half, half, half. <laughs> right. Um, no, okay. Yeah, yeah. It seems like there'd be more. Um, yeah. Cause yeah. 500,000. I mean, I guess that's a lot. I guess that's a lot. But when you think that, you know, some podcasts have three, 400, 500 episodes at each, you know? Yeah. Um, and there's so many podcasts out there. Well, if you um, think about, I mean, that's not talking about how many episodes are out there. That's how many series are out there. You know, if you're talking about episodes. Oh, I'm sorry. Gotcha. That's true. Sorry. Gotcha. Right. You're right. Out there. Absolutely. Yeah. You're right. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, exactly. But well, and then, well, I don't know. There's podcasters like me who have several pod, like you who have several podcasts or they're on several shows too. So yeah. that, that probably accounts for, you know, one podcaster having multiple shows. So yeah. that's another number you got to look at. But, um, yep. you know, Rob, you, cause you said at the beginning, you know, build it and they will come. We've heard this so many times, you know what I mean? And I think that's really, uh, I think that's wrong to tell people. Cause I've had people tell that to me. And I've heard people say that about other things, not only podcasting, but uh, like, you know, uh, just whatever people want to do, whatever hobbies they want to get into or they want to make it big. They want to, you know, get into Hollywood, whatever, write your own plays, start your own, you know, make your own movies and start your own podcast, whatever. Um, I I mean, no, because there's a lot of really talented people out there that have good shows that just need exposure. Yeah. And it's the same thing as like actors. Like I'm out here in L.A. There are so many great actors that might be doing independent films or working in, in theater and they never get their big break and you'll never know their name because they're not a Hollywood star. So it's the same thing with podcasters. There's some gems out there that are n- people are never going to hear. And one thing I always find strange is podcasters don't promote other podcasters. I don't know why I try to promote other shows that I like, but people don't do it for some reason. Anyway, um, and I'm guilty of it too. There's some that I listen to and I don't promote. So I'm like, I don't know. I think they're big enough or something, but like this one I just recently picked up that just started a crime one I tweeted out because I thought it was good. But what I'm getting at is it's hard to get noticed. And if other podcasters aren't going to help you, if you're not written up because it's some amazing episode that someone, you know, a journalist or television or someone picked up right and ran with and made it, it went viral, let's say um, it's tough. And there's people who have been podcasting for years and years and years who have no audience. You know what I mean? And and they know it and they keep going because they love it. But and then uh, conversely, we've all heard shows that suck, right? It's yeah. like four or five people gibbering back and forth and they're laughing at each other's jokes. It's just like it, it's almost unlistenable. But they and get an like audience. Num- <laughs> they get an audience. It's like number one podcast on iTunes. You're like, how is this happening? So I don't know, man. It's, it's hard. But I, I think it's kind of um, – I know you're not – you weren't saying it. You're just saying that kind of mentality, build it, they will come mentality. No, you're not saying it. But I've heard other people say it, and it's almost like a cop-out. I think it's just – it's making it too easy for people to to fail. Like you can't just say that, oh, build it and they will come. Here's a mic. Turn it on. Good luck. Bye. I mean this is why we do a whole show every week talking about what you – you know, strategies and how to make your show better and like what you can do to get noticed. Um, And look at all the people, Rob – Podcast movement was a perfect example. Look at all the people who hadn't even started podcasts. Remember that? I I was marveling at how many people spent all this money, traveled from New York City to come to L.A. 
one guy I was talking to, but several people from all over the country who didn't even have a podcast yet. And they were just researching it, like trying to figure out, you know, if, if this was for uh-huh. them. So I, I, all I'm saying is like, you know, there's a lot for people to learn. There are people who were like scared to get into the – to start their own show. That's why they went to podcast movement. Like, oh, I'm a little nervous. I don't know if I'm ready because they're looking at it as um, serious. It's like serious business, right? We're, yeah. we're – you know, some people maybe don't take it as seriously as they should. But uh, I think those people have a much better shot taking it seriously than just build it and they will come. Turn on yeah. a microphone. Open up a six-pack with your buddies and, you know, start, you know – Telling your, you know, silly jokes. I don't know. <laughs> and then and then those, they don't last. A lot of them don't. Some do. We know some of them do well, but a lot of them don't. So yeah. I think it's a kind of, it's too easy to say build it and they will come. And I know you're not saying that, but that's no, the I'm general. No, I'm not. I'm actually kind of, kind of making fun of it because, right, because right. It's, yeah. it's, in this case, it's uh, record it, distribute it, and they will come, right? And I think for many years, I think, doing those two things was going to get you a certain amount of audience because it, it was early in the medium's development. There wasn't a lot of competition in a lot of the, the genres. <clears throat> um, but, but now there's competition in every genre that's in the, the podcasting space today. And so you have to do a little bit more than just get it in all the listening platform. I mean, that's like the baseline starting point, right? You, you, those are the things that you have to do to be set up to to achieve some level of success in this medium and and, okay. and yeah. success is a subjective viewpoint too i mean what is success in podcast lessons an audience you need an audience well, damn it well it is but i mean how big of an audience i i know well, some people and we've said this before on this show how how big of an audience um does it take for you to feel good about what you're doing with your podcast and and my comment is is, is if you get 100 people listening to your show when was the last time you presented to a hundred people? You know, um, right. honestly, I mean, it's just a matter of having perspective, right? On, on how you value your success in what you're doing and what you're building for yourself. In addition to that, because those hundred listeners are typically not always going to be the same people every week. There's new people coming and going, so you're actually getting, yeah, you get a, yeah, getting you get exposed to more people than you realize. You get a lot of churn. So, I do. I, I get some people who come and go, and my yeah. numbers fluctuate. Um, real quick, Rob, can I talk about briefly? Briefly, I know we got a lot to, to talk about, but what we were talking about earlier. Can I mention the company I was kind of going after? I don't know if you want me to. I know I don't mind, but I know this is a Spreaker live show. Can I? I'm going to say it. I don't care. You don't care. Anchor, right? We were talking okay. about Anchor, Anchor before we yeah. turned the mic on. Is that okay to say? All right. Sure. We we're talking about Anchor, and because there was a new podcast that I mentioned, that I shared on Twitter. That I liked, and I was like, I was surprised they're on Anchor, right? And that isn't again. I'm not trashing them. If you're using them, fine, right? Great, no problem. All I'm saying is, their well, whole not, pitch but is that's how- okay. We're saying that. <laughs> <laughs> you said it, not me, brother. That's usually my line. Good, you play. Okay, I'll play the straight guy for a while. No, okay. but look, here's the deal, Rob. <laughs> it's nice when I get to play that good. Yeah, cop. I was gonna say I threw a little curveball at you, didn't I? I like it. I like it. I like this rover. <laughs> Um, when you go to the site, it's very simplistic, like we were saying, and it's almost like it's very easy. It's all free. Just just sign up and boom, you're off to the races, distribution worldwide, whatever it says, you know, you go look for yourself. 
and it's it's kind of I don't want to say they're lying a bit. It's it's not that easy. You know no. what I mean? No. It's not that easy, and it's just almost like oh, just push a button and boom, you're everywhere. Now look, I just want to be honest with listeners. I am on iHeartRadio. I'm on two. I've used all of the outlets Spreaker allows you, all of them, and some that I didn't even know I was on before. So you you know them all. We don't have to go over them, but Spotify being the new one, and the rest. And I suggest that you push it out to tune in and send it to uh, apply to iHeartRadio and Spotify. You'll get some listens. But I, I have to say. Most of my listens come actually from Spreaker, right? Spotify, I got to check. I haven't checked since I've been on Spotify actually recently. I wanted to give that some time to percolate. But I got a lot of listens from YouTube. We're not going to talk about that because I've been thrown off. But it can't hurt to be out on all those platforms, Rob. You're right. It can't hurt because you want to be where they listen. But still, I don't think that's the, the magic key. That's not the golden ticket. You could be everywhere and people still may not listen because of yeah, the shows that right. I know that are. So that's it's right. not just about being on every platform. I told you when I went to podcast movement, what was it? Castbox, I think. And there were some other apps and other platforms. And I was like, oh, I haven't heard about this one. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, oh, maybe I should submit. And then I was on them already. And I didn't, you know, they were just pulling it from YouTube or YouTube, sorry, iTunes, I, I think, think, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and just pulling it from there. And so I was, I was already on some platforms I didn't even know about. So – you know, great. I'm glad I'm there, but I'm not getting a, tons of. It didn't like all of a sudden I was on Castbox and I got a million. You know, I went to the top of the iTunes chart. It's just so it's all relative. I don't. I think sometimes people make it seem a lot easier than it is, and then podcasters get disappointed and they leave and they fold because they're like, I must suck because it's so easy. Look how easy it is for everybody else. Everyone who turns a mic on is getting a million listens. Oh no. Oh, that's not how. That's not the reality, my friend. Because no. we only hear about the success. Su- su- uh, excuse me, success stories, right? We're not hearing about the guys that turned the mic on for six months and just said, "Forget this." You know, nobody's listening. So, yeah, you don't see too many news articles talking about podcasts that have five listeners. You you, you typically don't see that very often, right? Podcast failures. Yeah, it's always the yeah. success stories. It, it's always the the big huge shows or or the moderately successful shows too that happen to be in a genre that's maybe <laughs> new or unique, right? So that's why everybody are, thinks yeah. actors are all getting rich, and people don't know this, and I just know it from being in the industry. Like actors, I think it's something like like one percent of all actors in the union make more than five thousand dollars a year at acting. In other words, it's the one percent of actors, right? Probably, you know, like five or six hundred actors out here that make all the money. I'm, yeah. Literally, I mean, yeah, they're literally. making all the money, yeah. and everybody else is just getting you know, extra work and all these other character parts make nothing. And it's kind of the same thing with well, YouTube. You, everyone hears about the PewDiePies and these YouTubers who are making millions. Guess what? That is like a fraction of a half of a tenth of a one percent of people on YouTube. People that are uploading videos to YouTube. Anybody's making that kind of money. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Same yeah. thing with podcasters. You hear Joe Rogan or um, Ben Shapiro just got you know syndication or Adam Carolla. He's making all sorts of – yeah, and that's another one per – I mean I don't know. You'd know the number better than me. It's probably a fraction of a fraction of a 1% at that level. I mean yeah. at that level oh, who are making true. this kind of money. But that's all you hear about. You don't hear about everybody who's just frustrated – threw their mic away, but fat, and Rob, this happens. We all know this happens. People, we've seen them, the kind of people that go to podcast movement, unfortunately, some of them who buy thousands of dollars worth of equipment, haven't done a show, haven't set, haven't done anything, haven't mm-hmm. set up a website, haven't even, you don't have an RSS feed because you haven't done a show, but they're buying equipment, going to seminars and 
Uh, I mean, it's all about it's the like process, a... Alex. It's all about the process, right? Oh yeah, sure. That's sure. that's the entertaining part because if you if you learn enough, then that'll guarantee success. Versus uh, uh, get, just yes. getting in there and starting exactly. to 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 play the game and learn from the game of creating content and distributing content. You know, you can study it till you turn green, but until you actually get behind the microphone yeah. and start like, distributing your show, you're not going to learn what it takes to grow an audience. So you can't just yes. read about it. It's not going to take you far enough. So you, you said it perfectly, brother. Yeah. And I, and I think it, the, the, this conversation is really about, um, you know, expectations, setting reasonable expectations at the beginning of your process of starting a show uh, and, and promoting it and then really doing, doing the grunt work. But the monetization part you were talking about, I mean, that's what Spreaker is trying to do is we're trying to make monetization accessible to all levels of podcasters because that hasn't been the case up till now. Uh, well, Rob, most podcasters yeah. operate at a loss because yeah. they're paying for their podcast hosting. They're paying for that's usually right. websites. Um, if they had to buy microphones, mixers, if they had to buy – uh, logos, if they had to pay for voiceover intros. I mean, it starts to get spendy. I've spent money on all of those things. Yeah. And if you're not making any money, it quickly starts to become one of those things. Like I could see how, you know, you know, the wife or the, the girlfriend or the significant other goes, you ever going to make money at this thing? You're spending a lot of, mo- of our money and time. On yeah, this. exactly. You lock yeah. yourself in a room, you know, yeah. for an hour, two hours a day or a week, whatever it is a month. Anyway. Yeah. Well, you got to be realistic. Yeah. yeah. And when I was working at podcast one, um, I was doing a lot of this kind of mid-roll insertions game with a very limited set of shows, even on Podcast One's huge network. Uh, I'm sure it's a lot more shows u- utilizing the technology now because that, that, that was back in 2014. Um, but what we're doing on Spreaker right now is basically the same kind of thing that I did at Podcast One like three years ago. Um, actually, it's been, you know, it's been four years ago almost now. Um, but now that's accessible or reachable by any podcaster on on the Spreaker platform um, that was only turned on for a very select few shows, like Adam Carolla's show, just a short few years ago. Uh, so that's how that's how technology's come down. And and the the great thing about with Spreaker or even the Dynamo product uh, is that it's free. You don't have to. There's no binding contracts. There's no you know relationships with with a network that you have to get entangled with. Um, it's all independent stuff that you're coming in and creating a direct relationship. You're getting a rev share. There's no binding agreement um, that, that binds you to it. Um, and I think that that's, that's what's different from my experience too, is that th- this is, I mean, there were shows that were paying like 12 cents per insertion, Alex, for this technology just four years ago. So, I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's how far this has come. Or right. not, not, not twelve cents per insertion. Twelve cents per one thousand insertion. I was okay. All right. Yeah. 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 So reasonable. yeah. So it's a fraction of a penny per per insertion. But um, but yeah, people were paying for this technology in 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 the past, and but that's all changed now. You know, I'd like to know from our listeners what would be the th- because now they know. Pro- you know, I mean, I don't even know what it is for. Uh, I'm sure that's not the same rate, right? For what, uh, God, I, can't, I don't say it right. 
Voxnest. No, I was going to say for Spreaker, right? Is it Voxnest that I'm saying is the ad platform? Sorry. Well, um, it's all linked I get confused together. now for, for crying out loud. All right, whatever. Voxnest is. is is just the parent company. It's it's all the same technology that's doing right. Doing, uh, but it, yeah, uh, I don't know what that the as payout well as Dynamo. Uh, okay, yeah. I don't know what the payout rate is, but I can tell you from like my experience with other other platforms like YouTube, 60/40. it's not much. Yeah, it's a sixty forty yeah. split. And okay, all right, so that's the same. The thing about um, that's that's different here compared to YouTube is that YouTube or Google doesn't share that information. You don't know what the split is at Google, and, and they're constantly changing it. And they, um, they well, as part, no. well. As part of your agreement to be a part of that program, it was my understanding that you cannot disclose your your payment amount or your your breakdown. Is that true? I didn't know that. I mean, I thought well, unless it's changed, but I thought they pretty much told you what the split was. It was I thought it was something similar to that, like C forty. Was I it? thought okay. something something similar, but maybe maybe I'm wrong. I, I'm pretty sure I was telling people that at least. I read Were it at you? one point. Okay. But yeah, maybe it fluctuates. Who knows? I mean, Rob, they've yeah. flown me off. It threw me off. So who knows what they're doing? Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't um, want to get you go- going down the YouTube path. No, no, no. I won't. I won't. I'm to, done talking yeah. about that. Um, but <laughs> but what I was trying to get at is, I, I'm just curious from the listeners. This is what I was going to say. Um, what would be worthwhile to them? So we know that it's going to take thousands of listens to make any kind of money, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you don't even, and we, we're not even sure what that split would be. Let's let's just say our, if the split was sixty forty, right? Spreaker yeah. kept forty, right? And you got mm-hmm. sixty. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would that be worth it? So if you're looking at, I mean, are you are people willing to promote up their podcast and? Do whatever it takes. Put it on Facebook, Twitter. Buy business cards. We'll, I know we got got to go, but we'll talk about some of those things. Promote the hell out of it for fifty bucks, <laughs> right? Seriously, well, I mean, hundred bucks a month. And I mean, what, what's the breaking? Like, what, how much would they really need to make to make yeah. it worthwhile? Five hundred dollars a month. I'm just saying, Rob. Right? Because mm-hmm. you're going to have to get a lot of downloads. Yeah. And, and it's the same thing with any of these platforms. I'm not just saying Spreaker. It's uh, Google AdSense. Oh, yeah. It's the same thing. And it's, some are a lot yeah. worse. So, well, well, because it's all driven based on advertisers buying campaigns. Well, and, yeah, no, I know. But yeah, I'm yeah. just – I wonder what the listeners think. Is it is it worthwhile for me to have to like build up this massive audience? Because that might be the, the key to not pod fading, right? Because then you don't get disappointed. Like, look, yeah. I don't really plan on making money. If I do and I can – you know, drive traffic to my website and, you know, sell my services if you have a business or sell souvenir, whatever it is. So, you know, content, you know, that's specific to my, you know, subscription type basis, right? Patreon, that's another thing you could do. Maybe it's worthwhile, but I'm just curious what the listeners think in the comment section because we always get great comments. Like, I, I don't know. I'm already paying for hosting. I'm paying for my website. I'd have to make a hundred bucks, you know, or, or 500 bucks. Maybe it's, yeah. you know, uh, I don't know. Maybe it's a year. If I just covered my cost for hosting a year, that's mm-hmm. how I started. I'm like, if I could just make the money to cover my costs, I'd be happy. Yeah. yeah. And that was like fine for me. But I know some people, Rob, they want the world. They want to be number one yeah, on iTunes right out the gate. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure yeah, people you've consulted. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, let's 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 jump in and run through kind of, kind of yeah. these these show promotion ideas that are out there and and. This is a complex topic, and I know we don't probably have a lot of time to to spend on it. But uh, um, probably let's just run through this real fast. I mean, getting on other media uh, is 
is a great way to get the word out about you. And I think one of the things that we need to think about here is that um, you, you can have sh- great show art, you can have a catchy name for your show, but you're still swimming in a sea of other content. So you need to, yeah. um, your difference is likely to be you as, as a host <clears throat> and your reputation and your brand. <clears throat> so as you think about that, you know, it's, it's going to be hard work and, and getting out there and becoming viewed as an expert in your genre <clears throat> and being seen by others and knowing that you have this podcast. Uh, it's like people going on like TV shows or radio shows or writing articles in the newspaper and, and your byline says you're, you're the host of this podcast. You know, those are the kind of things that really work to grow audience, but those mediums have to have some exposure as well. Um, and then your brand and your reputation and your knowledge are, are the keys I think to making this, this whole thing work. And I think that's the big takeaway. I mean, we can run through this list of tactical things, but that's the big message that I want to communicate here is that you are the podcast, you as the host, you as, I mean, you can have whatever name that you have of your show, but at the end of the day, the knowledge that's uh, shared comes from you, comes from you, the host. And that's the most important thing. So, yeah, Rob, I took some I'm glad you said that because I took classes on personal branding, which really goes a lot to what you're saying. And it's really, you know, trying to come off as an authority, you know, in in whatever uh, your industry. Um, And one way that they say to do this is to get media interviews. So in other words, you don't even really have to be an expert. But if people perceive you to be an expert and you're on CNN, right, and all of a sudden you're talking about uh, podcasting. Yeah. All right. I mean, it's just people all of a sudden think that you're an authority in that field. So I totally agree with you. And a lot of people, a little tip, a lot of people don't know, there are radio stations, especially a lot of these um, newer, L- I don't know if LPFMs are doing it, but I know there are stations, I've been approached by them, and they will sell you time on their oh, yeah. station to do your show. Well, you know this, okay. Uh, I, I didn't know that until... Well, uh, radio's uh, been doing do, doing this stuff for years, it's called Lifestyle okay. Programming. Uh, Thank you. It's been That's on exactly the... what I heard, the, yeah the weekends or whatever, you can come in and buy an hour of airtime on the radio. Uh, right. And, and sometimes it'll be businesses, people promoting themselves, lawyers, right. And we'll do an, an hour on the law, right. Things like that. There you go. Right. That kind of stuff, right? Yeah. And so, you know, if you're really serious about it, it's not, it's a little bit more affordable than you think. Um, because you're going to get a time when it's not very popular, right. Where they're not selling many ads probably on a Sunday, you know, afternoon or something. But get a lot of exposure that way. I mean, I've heard people on the radio that I started listening to them just because I heard them on the radio. Um, so that's just a little trick. I know that, you know, we could talk about tricks and I know we got a lot to go through here, but that's just one because it, it's huge. If you can get, if you can get a lot of exposure, boom. I mean, everybody, but everybody hopes for that, right? That's the, everyone dreams of it. Just how do you get it? That's the hard thing. Well, it is. And Unless you pay and, for it. And you, you do have to have a pretty solid reputation. Um, yeah. And, and viewed as a solid expert in a particular area. To, well, that's the problem. You almost have to, to have a following for that, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, you have to have a following before yeah. you can get a following. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it does kind of require that because you have to get through that, that producer or that host has, has heard of you or heard, 
your thoughts or read something that you've written or something and they're they're more inclined to bring you on the show because they have confidence in your ability to partake valuable knowledge to their audience. So it is or, a I mean it's an exchange of of values what it is is what you're doing being a guest or, on the show or 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 yeah go go ahead Alex. Sorry yeah I didn't mean to interrupt. Or the gorilla style of doing it rants. Rants work very well because a rant can go viral. You would, why know, I love rants. You would know there, sir. <laughs> rants can go viral and then everybody starts sending it on Facebook. Then someone catches it and go, hey, let's put this guy in the air. We'll get some ratings because everybody's looking at it. And then they it's throw you away 15 minutes later. He stirs yeah, the pot. Got That's why we got to yeah. bring him on. It keeps those viewers tuned in. Yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden, everybody was talking about some Kanye West was shooting his mouth off about some girl. I'm like, who is he talking about? It was a YouTuber for God's sakes. Check those YouTube videos. And I was like, wait, what? So this is how this kind of stuff works now. It's weird. It's just weird. And and I haven't mastered it yet, Rob. I mean, we're all still working at this whole thing. But social media is just bizarre. The way things get popular, who gets popular. I mean, it it could be someone just, like I said, a YouTuber. It could be the next podcast. Very strange. Very strange. But rants seem to work. I don't know. It's a strange world, Alex. (laughs) So... So anyway, the the other thing you want to do after you do all that, right? You, you're on CNN, you're on MSNBC, you're on Fox News, <laughs> wherever you want to be, right? You're and already you've there. Achieved that, right? Or you've gotten on some radio show somewhere? Yeah, forget about podcast. No, um, then 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 make sure that you post um, like a recording of that somehow. You know, you, you want to record that stuff and make it available off your website too. So. And uh, maybe post it up, you know, get a link to whatever. It, you kind of have to be careful of rights and things like that because oftentimes these big media companies control that stuff. So, but fortunately, more than ever, they're making this stuff available online. So, um, just link to it off your website, kind of build like a, like a media coverage showcase kind of area of your website. And if you want to be a speaker, create a little, you know, I'm available to speak at your event or your your you know your show or whatever on these topics and put that on your website and kind of actively promote that. You're uh, an expert. You're available to join um, conferences or radio shows or TV shows or whatever and kind of put yourself out there. I think some shows podcasts lend themselves to this more than others, but um, but this is certainly a, a strategy that. You know, I've I've spent a lot of years doing similar strategies with the show that I did back in back in the two thousands, um, the earlier parts of two thousand. Um, I wrote articles in newspapers. I got on TV shows. I got on radio shows, on you know, on nationally syndicated radio shows, talking about podcasting. And back in the early days of this medium, now it's it's cool, but it's not kind of it's not that new, right? So I mean, I was on public radio shows. All sorts of stuff talking about this medium in the early days. Um, it doesn't happen quite as much now, but there's there's topic areas that you can you can find and you can become an expert in, and do presentations at conferences and trade shows and things like that. And then um, utilize YouTube. Um, you know, take advantage of of putting stuff up on 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 YouTube. I've I've seen many podcasters, um, some of them even on Spreaker that um, are creating regular video episodes. They'd be fairly short, maybe seven, eight-minute video episodes. Um, and then they'll also have an audio podcast that's like 40, 45 minutes or whatever. 
And kind of those topics are kind of like aligned with each other somewhat. So a, a listener or viewer can come in and watch your eight minute rant, if you want to say it, or your eight minute <clears throat> topic um, as a video. And then there's a companion audio episode that goes into greater depth, right? And I've seen those, that combination work very well to drive audience to the audio version of your podcast on YouTube. That was my exact strategy, Rob. That is exactly okay. what I was doing. Yeah. Yeah. It works. So, no, it it works. Yeah. Just it, be careful of what you talk about because you might get thrown off. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the bigger message because it is, you know, YouTube is the second largest search engine in the world right now. So people are searching for all sorts of content on there. Uh, yeah, so, it's so it's, it's a great place to be. And I feel bad, Alex, that you've been, um, bounced out of there. It's, it's not fair. And I don't think it's, it's right that YouTube is doing that, but, um, I've been yeah. thrown out of better dumps. You've been... <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. That's, <laughs> that's something to stand, stand on your soapbox about. Um, anyway, um, the other thing I, I told you, I'm not going to talk about it. I know. I know. Well, well, you're, you're sneaking it in now and then, but that's okay. That's all okay. right. It's, it's contextual to the conversation. So it's good. Um, the other thing that I, I think, uh, I've seen podcasters do is they make kind of like a little promo card or a business card type type mm -hmm. presentation of their show. So when they're talking to someone at a conference or in the real world and you're pressing the flesh, you can just hand them, well, this is my, this is my show that I do. And, you know, if you've had a conversation with somebody about your show, you can kind of leave them with this and I, it gives them the basic information about, um, who you are. Maybe you ha have a regular business card, just include that information about your podcast on your business card, depending on what it is. You may or may not be able to do that depending on the company that you work for, but um, but that's also yeah. an opportunity for you to, because podcasting is a word of mouth sharing medium. So people, you got to give people the ammunition that they need to share. And I think that's, that's important. So Alex, any thoughts on, on those? I was going to say have enough. I remember being at podcast movement and you can never have enough. You run out so quick. Yeah. And you're going to what you're going to be like, why didn't I bring more card? Why didn't I print up more? <laughs> and like, it's just you feel like a, a, a schmuck when someone goes, dude, let me get your card. You go, uh, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then uh, one other little trick that I'm I've seen kind of fall off the, the radar here lately of those that use email still um, is using an email signature um, and including a link to your podcast in your email signature. Um, I mean, a lot of people are treating email like text messaging these days and it's not a very effective way to, cause I don't know about you, Alex, but I, I correspond with a lot of people on email and, and occasionally I'll want to reach out to that person, um, directly either by the phone or, or in some other method and I can't find that information. And ha having that yeah. in the body of your email or in the, the, the lower part of your email, I, I think is a good reference point. I mean, I use it all the time in my, my business that I do. Um, so, yeah. I, and if there's a link to a podcast in there, I'll, I'll check it out, you know? So, yeah, I always have my, at least, well, not at least, I always have my logo, my, the name of the show, my URL, and then listen to the show on demand. And then I have all the different like iTunes, iHeartRadio, whatever. So the top like three or four, I think I have on there. But no, no, I'm going to, I should change it and update it for Spotify. But I have a pretty elaborate signature. You've seen it, Rob. I, mm -hmm. I, I include yeah. it. 
because I, I don't want people to have that problem because I've had it too, especially with Gmail. It's really kind of funny when you reply sometimes. It doesn't – weird. I, I really don't it's, like, I hate like it, Gmail. right? Don't I, you hate it? I really it? don't I, like me Gmail. Me too, yeah. man. Me neither. So I've been switching over to a new service. It's just like a totally encrypted service, um, kind of like ProtonMail. But I don't like – when people send me any email with that contact info, because sometimes I'm suspicious of it just right off the bat, they go, oh, I'll, sh- I'll shoot you an email. And I'm like, why doesn't it have any like identifying information? Um, yeah. And like you said, people treat email like text. Email's an art, man. I still write emails like letters, yeah. you know, it, it, and try to sound like it's coming from my voice and kind of make it funny or whatever I can. But that's a lost art. I agree, Rob. Like, so I'll just people will like it'll just say from iPhone and it'll be a K. Don't if, if anyone ever like comments or replies to me with anything, don't ever reply with a K. Just a, a K in a period. It's just the most annoying thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it's I like you're that. not even worthy of anything other than a K. Yeah, that's it's right. like you might as well not even respond. What does that mean anyway? Um, so, but you're right, and it's it's kind of those little things, Rob. Like if you're gonna try and get on media or something, it makes you look a little more professional if you have a signature and maybe your logo's in there and they can click a website to see your bio to see if you're even worthwhile. You know what I mean? You don't want to make it hard for them like, oh, I got to now ask this guy to send me information or send me a show, right? Oh, can I hear your show first? No, it's all the links are there. You can download it on iTunes. Yeah, exactly. Um, So those little things help. You're right, Rob. It does. And then also getting an email newsletter. I know there's a million newsletters out there. I have there, one. So yeah, everyone should have one. Yeah, I think that it's it's it can work well for you. I mean, it's only going to work well for a certain you know percentage of your audience as far as going to open it anyway. Um, but I think it's a valuable thing um, to get out the regular communication with your audience. I, I think is helpful. As long as what's in that newsletter has some value in it. It's not just kind of a spam message. Um, so you need to really think about how you're communicating with your audience and what the value is that is exchanged for them opening that email. So so that's an important thing. But you're only going to get probably 5% of your distribution list to actually open a, any given newsletter. Um, but that's going to be driven just like in your podcast. It's going to be based on, well, what's the topic of the newsletter? What's the focus of the newsletter? Um, that's going to dictate whether somebody opens it and interacts with it in some way. Um, And I think we talked about public speaking and getting on panels at conferences and things like that and guesting on other podcasts, which is I've been doing the last year. I've been doing like two to three podcasts, um, recordings, other people's podcasts, talking about podcasting uh, for a year now. So I've been doing that every week, two to three shows every week. Um, out there, it, it maybe is to some degree a little overexposure for me out there because they tend to talk about a variety, of, you know, well, less of a variety of topics. It's always about podcasting, so I oftentimes have to talk about the same things. But uh, occasionally, I'll get on some very unusual podcasts, like ones about design or ones about, um, uh, I mean, a whole bunch of different ones on business and things like that, which are a perfect fit for me, but. Um, it can, it can vary all, all over the place. And it's been a while since I've been on radio shows, but occasionally I've been on a few radio shows here over the last year as well. So, so I think it's important to do those things. Social media obviously is an important way to get the word out about your, about your show. I wouldn't be too dependent on it though. Um, I don't know how many people actually listen to a podcast off of, um, 
Twitter or Facebook. I, I think people use it as a referential thing. I think um, getting branding exposure on those platforms can be helpful. I, don't, I, I just don't know for sure, Alex. I don't know what you think about this, how many people actually will spend time listening to an audio podcast in Facebook or um, in Twitter. I don't know what you think about that. You know, I have only a few in Twitter. I'm not on Facebook. I have on Twitter. LinkedIn I've all but forgotten about. Um, but I spend a lot of time on Twitter just because it's my um, my go-to social LinkedIn media. It right seems now. to be doing okay. I mean, it's yeah. it's, not, it's now owned by Microsoft, uh, but I've, I have qu- quite a bit of interaction with people on LinkedIn. You do? All so, right. Yeah. Well, I just mean for podcast-wise. I mean, business-wise is separate. But I yeah. mean, for yeah, if I, when it came to like my, uh, you know, my corporate area of my life, yeah. But mm-hmm. when it comes to podcasting, not so much. Um, I've never listened to a podcast that was inspired by LinkedIn. Um, yeah. Instagram, I am on. I don't use it as much for podcasting, but I'm going to. And the main reason is because that's where the audience is. And also WhatsApp. I do have a WhatsApp account, but I don't use it. Mm-hmm. And because I'm not on YouTube anymore, I was starting to like play around with streaming on Periscope or uh, video on Instagram or WhatsApp. I just haven't figured it out yet, but I'm going to start doing that because people have said, hey, I'd like to see video. Yeah, we'd like to see you on. I don't know why, but people would like to see video. So I'm going to start doing that, incorporate it in the shows when I go live. Only when I'm going live. Like that's going to be a kind of a gimmick. Like if you want to see me live, it's going to be live. Like you're going to have to watch the video yeah. when it's live. I'm not going to archive it. Oh, um, okay. And listen to the, the – you could listen to the show live too if you wanted mm-hmm. to, right? It will be the podcast. But what I'm getting at is I, I, I'm, I'm using other ways because of my YouTube debacle to get off uh, – wean off that system mm-hmm. and have drive more traffic back to my website and my other social media. So that's one way. Um, Instagram, yeah, Twitter. I, I'm not on Facebook, and I, I don't know. I, maybe I could play with LinkedIn. I just don't see much media on LinkedIn. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of links to, to blog posts and things like that that are on yeah, okay, uh, a lot sure. of podcasts being posted in there. But um, the other thing you can do is get involved in podcast awards. There's a bunch of podcast awards out there, The you know, podcastawards.com. Um, there's ones in Australia, there's a bunch of, you know, the Webby Awards have podcast categories. Um, there's a bunch of awards out there and you can certainly apply and get your podcasts submitted into those. And hopefully you'll, you'll get nominated and you'll, maybe you'll win. So, and that can give you a lot of exposure too, for your show. So, and then, um, also one little trick too, is if you have a guest, um, kind of format, or you're bringing in guests, um, give that guests a roadmap for how they can promote your show, especially their episode, um, and and help them along with that. Even your co-hosts, if you can get your co-hosts to co-promote your podcast, you would think that that would be beneficial for them to do that as well. But I think those are techniques that you can focus on that can generate some results for you. It's like a multiplier. You have like a like a social media account for the show and then you have your own account and then your guests have an account and your co-hosts have an account too. And they can all drive exposure to the show, to their, their particular communities that they've developed over the many years. Um, and then, and then also get involved in, um, 
you know, some online kind of discussion groups um, that are out there, like uh, Facebook groups or Google groups, and don't overtly promote your episodes in many of these, but uh, get involved in them, post valuable content in there, and then occasionally drop hints that you do a particular podcast. Um, don't, I would advise in most situations, you don't want to post episodes to these groups. I think w what you want to do is just mention what show that you're involved in. Um, and just kind of keep it low key, but just contribute to these communities in a valuable way in their discussions. But it can, it can drive some interest in your podcast just by getting involved in those communities and then cross promote, uh, as much as you can off of your website and your blog and work with others in content relationships. If you can develop like maybe a content sharing relationship with another media organization or another podcast, whatever, um, and share content. Uh, I think it can work. I'm not sure, you know, like you were talking about, Alex, um, people aren't really promoting other people's podcasts anymore. And I think a lot of that has to do with people are very competitive now. Uh, they're looking True. to promote yeah. just their own stuff. And, and um, you know, there was a time in the early days of podcasting when people cross promoted. Um, it's, it's not as common these days. Um, there's another technique. You can create an ebook, um, based on the topic genre of your podcast and, and kind of repurpose that content to some degree, depending on what it is. I mean, some shows lend themselves to ebooks more than others, depending on what they are. Um, but it's, it, it's a technique that can, you can utilize to develop, um, maybe some, um, guesting opportunities for yourself because authors tend to be looked at as guest, uh, guest potentials. So you can get that out there. It can also be a referential thing to drive people back to your audio content as well. So depending on how those eBooks are structured with internal links and things like that. Uh, also when you're doing your episodes, uh, refer to your past episodes, uh, maybe even play sound bites from past episodes that have maybe some connection to your, your uh, current episode um, and drive people back to listen to prior episodes. And that may be a technique that works well if you want to get involved in dynamic insertion too, because then you're driving audience back to archives. Um, but this is another one. Of those I things. do that. Yeah, I do yeah. that a lot. This technique is another um, way to, to, to build your, your audience, but it can also, you know, hopefully drive more advertising revenue to you too. So there's multiple benefits for this. It also can fill in with content. Um, if you're short of content in your episodes too. So there's kind of a, a loop there of benefit. So, and then, um, possibly do a best of episode. You basically compile one episode, um, of a bunch of um, highlights from your past episodes I think a lot of podcasts do this like during the holiday times when maybe they're not producing episodes and they, they pre schedule the publish of an episode, but this is something that you can do on a fairly regular basis. I don't think you want to do it that often. Um, but every so often, if you have a conflict with your schedule, maybe take some stuff from past episodes and put it out again. But I, I would just be cautious of doing this too much because your audience can get a little bit um, turned off from doing it too much, I think. Because if they're they're avid listeners, you're basically giving them content they've already listened to. So um, 
So it's it's just something you just use sparingly. But um, contact the the constituents of people that you mentioned in your podcast. So if you're covering a particular company or organization or something like that, and you've talked about them in a positive way, let them know. And maybe they will promote you or promote your show on your behalf uh, because it's beneficial to them as well. So uh, keep that in mind. When you're doing a recording on location um, and you do, let's say, you know, like an interview on site somewhere and there's an, there's like an audience there or you're in a, like a restaurant or you're in some sort of a place, um, use like, uh, mics that are branded with, uh, flags on them. I don't know if you know what that is, but it's basically like a square yeah, foam like thing. television. Has yeah, exactly. Radio. Yeah. yeah they, you can attach the microphone. So people that are walking by or people that are watching you do the show live, uh, or recording can see what the show is. Um, I mean, unless you want to put up a sign or something like that, that you're, you're watching the recording of such and such podcast. Um, but if, if you're doing any kind of live or remote or on site type of recording, you want to let people know that are physically there, uh, what they're watching and what they're seeing happen here and what show it is. Uh, and then also ask someone, you know, listen to your show and to provide you feedback. Now, this isn't a direct way to promote your show, but in some ways it is. Um, you're asking other people to listen to your show and give you honest feedback about the show and ways that they think that it could be improved. Um, and then also give a phone number to your listeners to call to to contribute their their thoughts. I know, Alex, we've, we've asked our listeners to do that a lot by recording an MP3, yeah. but maybe that's... That's a lot to ask, right? Maybe if we gave them a phone number, they can call to leave a voicemail message. They'd be more inclined to do it, right? So, Yeah, well, I've got a voicemail set up for that. I mean, they, I could give them the number now if they want to do it. Oh, okay. Well, I've want. got a number. It's, uh, yeah, it's 310-584-7823. 310-584-7823. So I use that for my show. I've put that out there before. So, yeah, okay. leave us a message and they don't even – I can download the message and play it on the show. Yeah, that'd be awesome. And then Alex, the the last one on our list here, and th- there's plenty more to go. These are just some ideas that uh, are are brought up um, in a blog post at uh, blog.spreaker.com. So if you wanted to read a little bit more detail on some of these things, I've I haven't ripped that article completely off. I kind of took my own tangents on it, so mm-hmm. it's not an exact replication of what we talked about on the show of what's in that blog post, but. Some of the topics are similar, so so you can get some value there. But Alex, you had some thoughts about T-shirts, so let's talk about. Well, that. I just I'm going to start selling. I'm getting a new logo done for my show, and I'm going to start selling T-shirts because it was actually listeners who said, "Hey, we want to." They heard about my whole demonetization issues, mm-hmm. and they said, "Well, why don't you sell T-shirts? I'd buy a T-shirt from you." And I was like, "Hmm, that's a good idea. I've thought about it before." But I said, oh, that's going to be a pain. It's spendy. But they now have um, a lot of on-demand print services where you can just upload your logo or design online and print it out. Um, but I kind of got the idea when I was at Podcast Movement Lab, when I met you there, <clears throat> you guys obviously, Spreaker had T-shirts, of course. Yeah. But even some smaller podcasters and smaller companies had T-shirts and they were giving them out. And I, and I had some that I still wear to this day that I love. And people have asked me, where'd you get that shirt? One of them is kind of like, it reminds people, I think, of uh, the Pump Up the Volume movie with Kristen Slater. It says talk hard on it. It's kind of cool. So I like that shirt. And there's others. So if you have a cool logo or you have a T-shirt even designed by a graphic designer, or if you're a graphic designer yourself, 
you might want to think about doing that because I plan on doing it. I'm going to sell them at alexxm.com once they're, you know, up and ready. But when I go to, if I go to the next podcast movement or another event, I'm going to have some with me. So if I meet someone I really like and I maybe want to collaborate with, or maybe they're in the media, right, Rob, somebody who wants to write an article or something like that, give them a t-shirt, you know, and it's something they'll have. Nobody ever turns down a t-shirt. Like I've never turned down a T-shirt. I don't care what the T-shirt well, occasionally is. Occasionally, if the T-shirt's not the right size, so I'll take it. Yeah, I'll take you, it. Even you'll, if it's not the you'll stretch size. your way into it if it's an extra small, and you're you an extra wash large. Your car you'll with still it. take yeah. it. You wash your car with it. Yeah, you know. <laughs> it's a washer. Who turns? Does anyone ever turn away? I a want to give my T-shirt I... to a guy that's going to use my my. My company T-shirt to wash his car. Yeah, right. You know what I mean. But I, I love T-shirts. Like, I mean, if it's a free T-shirt, I'll, I'll take it. I mean, I don't know many people. I mean, look at people killing themselves at an event when they're like shooting T-shirts off or throwing them in the crowd. Oh, a T-shirt! I mean, so giving a T-shirt with your logo on it is something they can walk away with. It's permanent, like a business card, and it's not and just only in the digital realm because everything yeah. we do now is the digital world. Sometimes you got to do something in the real world to get a reaction. And yeah. I mean, who knows if somebody just wears your shirt and one other person listens to your show. I mean, to me, it's worth it. I just got two listeners, two new listeners. You did. So, and it, it only cost me 20 bucks. Yeah, there you go. I guess like $10 per listener. Man. I don't know. If we're, I don't, yeah, I got to do the math on that one. I don't know. But you can get shirts cheaper. You can get 10. The ones I want to get oh, yeah. are nice, right? I well, want nice. I mean, thick. I buy ones uh, for for the speaker booth and I think they're like four or five bucks a shirt. So that's printed. And the How's the quality? You like the quality? I mean, yeah, it's the, pretty good. Pretty good quality. Okay. Good. Good. So it doesn't have to be, you know, spendy and you know, I'm not trying to get rich. Like if I made another $5 off it, I'd be happy. Um, so anyway, I, I, I know a lot of people are like, Oh, I don't want to spend that kind of money on shirts. Uh, I get it, but you can Alex, even set it up Alex, on your website. You live down by LA. You have to get rich in order to live down there. <laughs> I wish, yeah, I wish that were the case. You know, it's getting worse. It's it's getting worse by the day, and uh, it's. I mean, I just read an article the other day of how they're uh, starting to raise rents here in Long Beach because they're going to start enforcing some sort of rent control because it's getting so bad, Rob. Yeah. So everybody's expecting it's bad out here. Um, I don't think I'll live here for the rest of my life. I'll tell you that much. It's just, so, it's just you can't get ahead. Um, but anyway. T-shirts are a little spendy. I get it. Not everybody's going to want to spend that kind of money, but you can do an on-demand print type thing on your website. So you, you don't have to spend any money. If someone wants a shirt, they pay for it. The company ships it to them. They have your design all uploaded and everything, and yeah. you get a cut. So there's ways of doing that too if you don't want to actually have them to pass out at events and things. I just yeah. love the T-shirt idea. That's just me. Anyway. Yeah, that's awesome. No, I, I like T-shirts too. Hey, I yeah. wanted to, before we wrap the show up here, which we're going to do here in a minute, uh, I just wanted to give a little Spotify submission update. Uh, the Spotify submissions button is in the CMS system, and you click that button, and it will format a uh, request that would go into a database now. So it isn't necessarily coming to my email inbox like it was before. So we're collating these for Spotify, but the bad news is Spotify is delaying their acceptance of new submissions by uh, over a month. So it could take a Whoa. little bit longer to get into Spotify now. Um, I'm glad I got in. Has nothing to do with us or any of the other hosting platforms out there. We're, we're submitting shows to them. It's just uh, 
Spotify is choking on it. Not um, a month. That's, I mean, how long have we all been waiting to get on there? A month isn't that long, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I wouldn't worry too much, but geez, they must be getting hammered, Rob. They're getting hammered. <laughs> well, it's actually, it's a resource I- issue on the on the listening side too. I guess they're, they're just getting a lot of action around this content and they, I don't think that they've, yeah. I, I don't know that they fully scaled for it. So that's good. Anyway. That's good news. It's a good problem to have, right? Yeah, it is, right? So just be patient. If you click that uh, submit to um, Spotify button in the CMS system on Spreaker, uh, you will get there. It just it's been delayed a little bit. So, See you in June. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, well, Alex, thanks for doing the show with me. I know we went a little long today. No worries. Uh, yeah, I got to run. Okay. Thank you so much for listening to the Speaker Live show, and we appreciate you spending time with us. Come back and check us out uh, next week, uh, uh, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern at SpreakerLiveShow.com. So uh, I, I hope you have a terrific uh, rest of your week. Thank you. Thank you.